listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Welcome in. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us. Thank you for joining us on the Full 10 Yards Podcast for another episode. And today sees the first instalment of the My Team, My Thoughts. And today we'll be going through the New England Patriots. We're going to be looking at last season. We're going to be looking at the off-season moves, the NFL draft that has just passed us a couple of weeks ago, and the expectations for the 2018 season for the New England Patriots. We'll be joined by a guest. His name is Kieran, and we'll be chatting with him in, in a little bit. But first, just to clarify a bit of news, Matt Ryan signed a mega $150 million contract 100 million of that is guaranteed a huge payday for Matt Ryan and I think he's for that offense obviously he's the he's the guy there so it makes sense that they've they've paid him that amount of money and again it just goes to show you and makes you wonder how much Aaron Rodgers will be getting in, in a couple of years time if not sooner the other bit of news is CJ Anderson has signed with the Carolina Panthers it's quite an interesting move that because obviously uh, I was quite high on Christian McCaffrey uh, in in fantasy leagues this season, but that's not to say that he he still can't have a, a bigger year than he did last season. But C. Johnson will obviously take over the role of Jonathan Stewart, which he has vacated. And it, some people said to me that he, you know it's not a great great role he's stepping into, but let's not forget that Jonathan Stewart uh, he he had the best part of 200 touches last year. I think he had 100 over 190 carries and. About eight targets or so, so I certainly think that that's quite an interesting move there, and it's again another another piece there on the Carolina Panthers offense. Just before we get into the interview with Kieran uh, in the Mighty My Thoughts segment, just to let you know that Lee Wakefield has kindly written another blog for us on the wide receivers in the first round in the draft, uh, and looking at previous draft classes and looking at the fits and looking at you know what what kind of production you'll be getting out of those wide receivers and you know where you maybe want to help you where you want to get them drafted this season in redraft leagues or even dynasties and just a quick note on that as well i've been doing quite a lot of fantasy pro simulators this week so if you're a bit bored you know there's, there's not really much news going on now and you, you want to look at you know where people are going in drafts i, I do recommend the fantasy pros uh, website they have a mock draft simulator there it has all the the rookies in there as well so if you know, you can customize it to ppr you can customize the amount of teams the draft spot you come you are drafting from another little bits there as well if, if you sign up you can do idp uh, you know your individual defensive players you can change the amount of kickers that you have in the team so you can change that from one to zero the way it should be you can change uh, scoring you can change loads of little bits on there so yeah very much recommend going on fantasy pros website and doing the mock draft simulators there i've been doing a lot uh practicing just to see where the you know the rookies are, are slotting in in the in the draft orders and who's coming in the, in the late rounds you know where you if you're drafting from the one who you're getting at the turn and if you're drafting from the middle who who's who's falling to in those different rounds so recommend that that you do that it would help get help you get by the NFL offseason before we get to OTAs and, and all the all the rumours and all the, the, the mini camp battles that will no and will definitely ensue. So without any further ado, that's uh, let's get into the my team my thoughts segment. 
Okay, so let's get right into it. Uh, joining us on the line now, we have Kieran, who will be going running the rule over the New England Patriots with me. Uh, Kieran, how are you doing? I'm doing good, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, very well, mate. Very well. The uh, sun's just started shining, so it's been very, very miserable up in Scotland today. So it's uh, glad that it's clear, it's cleared off. Um, thank you. For, first of all, thank you for coming on. Uh, you're the first one uh, on on this segment. So again, it's something something you can tell your grandkids one day. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Everyone wants to be on the full 10 yards podcast. Um, no, in all seriousness, yeah, no, thanks for coming on. Um, so let's just start off with you then. Obviously, you are um, a New England, New England Patriots fan. How, how, have you, how did you get into the NFL and you know, why the Patriots? And you know, give us a bit of background to yourself. Uh, basically, um, I had a big group of friends who were football obsessed, like absolutely obsessed and I, I just started spending more time with them and they were hammering me on the football thing. And I said, right, I'll start watching and I'll start getting into it. And the weirdest way, I wanted to pick up the rules and that quickly. So I bought a Madden game. Nice, as everyone just does. So I could sort of get a grasp of the rules yeah. and everything a little bit quicker. Yeah. And uh, New England Patriots just came from, essentially, one of the guys there was a, the, who got me into the football was a New England Patriots fan. For some reason, he switched to the Texans now. I have no idea why. Hey. <laughs> uh, but he, he, he talked up the New England Patriots to me, and I was like, oh, I'm from England. I'll, I'll support New England. What could go wrong? Sure. Well, yeah, I know. Certainly, um, Matt, you're, not, you're not alone where everyone's picked up Madden to try and understand NFL. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, New England, obviously. Uh, how, long, how long have you been following the Patriots for? Is it just a couple of years or a bit longer than that? Uh, about six years now. Okay, cool. So... All you've known is is Tom Brady. Yeah, but I've I've obviously gone back and looked at some of the brilliant quarterbacks and stuff we've had, like Doug Flutie and Drew Bledsoe, and I've seen classic plays from some of like old Patriots players, and yeah. it's just made me love the team even more. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I'm, I'm yeah, I know I'm, I'm speaking as if I I know more about Dallas than you know the Tony Romo era, but obviously you know I've got uh, Troy Ekman and all that kind of stuff. Now, but usually um, all the New England Patriots fans, it's quite interesting to see how obviously over this side of uh, in, in the UK how long they've actually been fans for. But um, yeah, no, certainly they've had a, a long a long historic uh, you know decent teams uh, in the past. So. Talking of obviously the last six years where you've obviously been a, a, an avid fan, what's been what's been what's been your favourite moment as a, a Patriots fan? I assume it'd be a Super Bowl win somewhere. It it would have to be the um, Super Bowl win against the Falcons. It was just an absolute clinic by Brady in in that last quarter and a half. Hmm. It was incredible, especially because the Super Bowl party I was at. Nobody wanted the Patriots to win. Everyone was cheering for Atlanta. Yeah. I got cocky and I turned up with a bottle of champagne thinking we're going to do Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> come like just before Tom Brady might have to come back, I was sat with my head in my hands. I was like, this is, they've trounced us. This Atlanta have just gone on mad for the whole game. Yeah. So yeah. the comeback, I don't think my heart could take that. No, well, certainly going into just for the end of the third quarter, obviously um, being down twenty five points. Like the, so I was out as well in uh, watching the Super Bowl and a walkabout, and obviously it was similar where everyone wanted Atlanta to win, but it was it was such a boring, not a boring game, but it was such an underwhelming experience because obviously the, the Falcons had you know walloped the Patriots for two and a half quarters, and then obviously. The comeback. Everyone obviously thinks at that point, oh, it'd be great if the if Patriots come back and not th- not thinking about it. And then you know, to to obviously history wrote itself after that. And you know, it's one of the greatest Super Bowls and one of the greatest Super Bowl com- comebacks ever. Um, and it, I, I, I very much doubt that'd be beaten in our lifetimes. But um, yeah, no, certainly uh, good for for all you Patriots fans. 
So exactly. Then, yeah. It was it was an absolute clinic. Tom Brady, if you, if you if you go back and watch like the mic'd up, that guy was a hundred percent. He he wasn't losing. He wasn't losing. And Julian Edelman said it. I think when they come on for the last drive, and uh, obviously. I don't know if anyone knows about what had happened with Tom Brady's mother and everything. She was like, she's suffering from cancer. All right. And she she was she was in the hospital until days up until the game, and she made it there. Yeah. Uh, and there's a really good moment on. I'd have to. It'll be on mic'd up from yeah. the Super Bowl. Uh, but Julian Edelman, when he grabs his helmet, he looks at Tom Brady and he goes, "Let's do this for your mum." Nice. And you can see the look in Tom Brady's eyes. You're like, he's Fight he's winning this game. Yeah, yeah, no, I was say that's the 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 inspirations of dreams. So, uh, yeah, no, it was it was a great Super Bowl. So yeah, then, uh, yeah, no, that just to touch on that mic up stuff. That's it's quite it's quite um, quite a good insight into what goes through players' minds and obviously what they're chatting on the sidelines. Because when we watch on TV, you know, we can we can only especially when Des is running his mouth on the sideline being a Cowboys fan. Obviously, everyone puts words in people's mouths, but it's actually quite a good insight to see you know what goes through their minds, what they say, and how they pump each other up. Because it's quite it's quite a an alpha male type sport when they you know get in the huddle and you know, pump each other up. It's it's quite an interesting watch and a listen to to see what goes through the minds of of these players. Because some you know obviously they're they're well they're well versed in psychology and you know it's, it's, it's a massive thing now in in sports in general but um yeah no i do do enjoy watching the, the mic'd up stuff so if we just uh for, so if we go to, from your favorite moment to your worst moment does it does how does the super bowl last year rank amongst the worst moments honestly people think i'm nuts for saying this but i think if the falcons had carson wentz we would have won and i know carson wentz is a way better quarterback than nick Foles, but something you tend to find in the NFL, I think even more than any other sport is that the underdogs tend to do really, really well. Yeah. Like Nick Foles come out there as a backup quarterback. The Fal- the Eagles will, they hadn't done that great under him until that point. Yeah. And then he come out and played one of the best games I've seen a quarterback play. And it was, it was, I was happy for the Eagles. We was at the Super Bowl party. One of my friends is actually an Eagles fan. And I even said after the game, I was like, "Man, that's that's an incredible performance by the Eagles." Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got an Eagles fan who's probably uh, he, he loved it. I was at the Super Bowl bash with him in in Clapham Junction. Um, I can't remember it was the Grand, and he was he was loving every minute of it. And I, you know, I, I being a Dallas fan, it was it's three gritted teeth. Obviously, that I congratulated him and uh, gave him all that. But he was yeah, he was giving it large, but and he enjoyed every moment. So hopefully, hopefully, sometime in the future, I'll, I'll get to the roles of reverse a little bit. But you yeah, know, I mean, it was a really good Super Bowl. Is high scoring. It was back and forth. Um, you know, you never really knew who's who was going to win until the last play. Um, you know, so is, is if that doesn't what rank amongst your worst moments as a, as a Patriots fan? Is there anything that does? I mean, you've, you've had you've had pretty you've had pretty um, pretty good times in the last couple of years, obviously with with the Brady Billichick era. Um, so there's not actually many probably to choose from. Uh, letting Jimmy Garoppolo go yeah, was yeah. a big one for me because yeah. I was at work and obviously I've got the notifications on the NFL app and it says Jimmy Garoppolo traded for I think Brian Hoyer in a second round. Yeah. I think it was about. I, I think was it was. Like, uh, I think serious? it was a bit later in the second, but yeah, it was a it was a, a compensatory to a top pick. It was a throwaway top pick, wasn't it? And I was like, "Why, Jimmy Garoppolo is, in in my opinion, even at that time, even as a backup, I was like, he's got to be one of the ten best quarterbacks in the league." Yeah, 
he, he scrambles like Aaron Rodgers. He throws like Tom Brady. And his two-minute offense is probably one of the best in the NFL, if not the best. You see what he did at San Francisco. Yeah. He started five games and he went 5-0 and as a starter and nearly mounted a comeback on the a game he came off the bench for. Yeah. So the guy is so gifted. And I think he's really going to flourish at San Francisco. And I think even if they keep bolstering him, because they've got great tight ends like um, George Kittle, and yeah. they've got some really good receivers. I think if if they um if they keep using him how they used him in those games, they could make a very good crack at the playoffs next year. Yeah, I'd, 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 yeah, George Kittle was one for me. I, I know you don't play a lot of fantasy, but George Kittle was quite a a, a, sleep, a big sleeper for me this year. Uh, yeah, he's 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 only been in the league a couple of years. Obviously, yeah, like I say, Jimmy Garoppolo went, is is unbeaten in a in San Francisco 49ers jersey. Yeah, I was I, just to, on your point on the trade. Yeah, I was I was very surprised that. You know, because they let obviously Jacoby Brissett go to the uh, Colts, and you know Jimmy Garoppolo was supposed to be the next big thing after Tom Brady. Obviously, he's learned under Tom Brady for a couple of years, and then just to let him go for Brian Hoyer and a, you know a, a second or third or fourth round pick or whatever it was, did seem it was very uh, very strange c- considering how shrewd that the Belichick coaching staff and, and all the back office there have been over the last couple of years. And I suppose you know this season will show you know how foolish a decision that that could be. You know, the five the five games last season could have been just. Uh, not going to say a fluke, but because it's obviously new, fresh, and teams haven't seen much much footage of him. Obviously, the more he plays, the more that the, the opposing defenses have a bit more film on him to to try and get to him a bit more and, and defend him a bit better. Um, but yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see how how Grappolo plays this year. But no, I'm certainly a big fan of of, of Jimmy. Um, and say so, yeah, to have Brian Hoyer as a backup and yeah, not not really to to. Uh, did they do much in the draft? The Patriots as the quarterback. I can't quite remember. Did they draft someone late in the uh, later rounds? I can't remember who they drafted. We now. we took um, Danny Etling from LSU. Okay, that was I that mean, was a late rounder. That was a late round though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a late round pick. But yeah. he's a, he's a very good quarterback. Yeah, I just I just think he could have benefited with another year at college. Yeah, to see to see how he his stats improve. Okay. I mean. He had brilliant stats this season and brilliant stats 2016, but it's when you go back to like 2015 and before that his stats weren't really up to standard. Okay. Like, don't get me wrong, he's had a brilliant two years and I hope he can continue that development in the NFL. Yeah. It, it's just there was so much quarterback talent in the first round alone yeah. this year. I'm really surprised the Patriots passed on Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean... In my opinion, he's the best quarterback back in that draft without yeah. a doubt I mean the guy had more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley <laughs> yeah it's pretty... so you got a quarterback with more running yards with the highest touted running back prospect in a good few years yeah. and he slipped all the way to I think 32nd pick yeah yeah Baltimore traded back into the uh, the first round yeah no obviously with the um, every time the, the, the Patriots came onto the clock we might, we might as well move on to the draft obviously uh, every time the Patriots came on the clock in the, in the first round obviously uh, those two picks. Everyone was expecting Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Even you know beforehand, people were rumouring that Lamar Jackson, the, the Patriots would trade up to go and get him. Um, especially when mm-hmm. the fourth, the fourth of the big four in in very commas that you know were, were taken. Um, but yeah, no, it didn't happen. And obviously now Baltimore's gain is is is, is New England's loss, I suppose. But yeah, no, certainly Lamar Jackson's been branded as. The next, the you know, as good as Michael Vick, which is obviously very, very, very high praise. Obviously, not got as strong an as an arm as uh, Mike Vick, from what, from what I've heard. And I'm not, I'm not too, obviously too clued up with the uh, the history of the the college game. But certainly, Lamar Jackson was a hot was a hot name coming into the draft. 
Um, so yeah, do, do you think well, do, mean, do, do you think they missed out there? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, during the season, Michael uh, Mike Vick actually tweeted out and said, "Look, he, this kid is twenty times better than I was <laughs> when I was at when I was at Virginia Tech." And Mike Vick coming out and saying that Mike Vick's a say what you want about his history. He's a very smart guy, and he was a very, very good quarterback. Yeah. So I think Lamar Jackson, who said he looks up to Mike Vick's style of play, I think that's a big boost for him. And I, I honestly, if I was drafting, no matter what team I was, I probably would have taken Lamar Jackson as early as possible. If I was Cleveland, I would have taken him over Baker Mayfield, 100%. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so there's a lot. There's a lot of people that have uh, Lamar Jackson as as in a non quarterback. So you, yeah, you wouldn't have been wouldn't have been alone there. Exactly. There's there's a, a lot of surprises this draft. To be honest, I'm I'm surprised he went so late. I'm surprised Josh uh, Josh Rosen went so late, but I think that's a very good fit for the Cardinals. So yeah, yeah, he yeah he went down to ten, didn't he? Yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, so let's talk about the rest of the uh, NFL dra- uh, draft for the for the Patriots. Then, obviously, Sonny Michelle and Isaiah Wynn were your two first round picks. How how do you feel about those two picks in the first round? I like the Sonny Michelle pick. Yeah, but the Patriots have a very very crowded backfield right now. Yeah, like if if you if you look at our backfield right now, we've got uh, Sonny Michelle, obviously. Rex Burkhead, James White, Jeremy Hill, Brandon Bolden, and James Devlin. And Mark I think Gillisley. realistically, <laughs> you can drop Hill, Bolden, and Devlin. Yeah, and uh, Gill- Gillisley as well. And Gillisley. Yeah. I think you can drop those guys because if you run with Sony Michelle, uh, Rex Burkhead, and James White, there's they're brilliant, brilliant backfield players. I think Sony Michelle will fit well, and he had brilliant stats in 2017. I mean. In his last season at, um, who is it, Georgia, he's from. Georgia, Georgia yeah. Tech. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Georgia. He In his last year, he had 1,227 rushing yards for 16 rushing touchdowns, <laughs> which oh. is absolutely phenom- phenomenal, considering I think he only played 12 games. Okay. Yeah, no, so I'm not... I'm, so, no, go on. No, I was going to say, I know, I know he had um, quite a lot of rushing touchdowns. I, I, I'm not, I, didn't really, I didn't know he uh, missed a couple of games. Yeah, he, he missed, I think, one or two games in the season. Okay. And then he, he he only had nine receptions and one touchdown. But he is a purebred running back. And you watch him play, he's so fast, but he's also very, very patient. Yeah. You watch a lot of the big runs he makes when they're 20-plus yards. He'll wait for a second, look for a gap, and then pick it. Very much like the way Dion Lewis played. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, I, I listened to it in a couple of podcasts uh, this week, last week. I think they were they were talking about obviously Sony Michelle can actually catch the ball out of the backfield as well. Um, obviously, I don't know exactly. if that's Georgia. Georgia, I don't, don't think really play that way. Um, so obviously, Sony Michelle could could potentially be a three down back there. And obviously, yeah, Rex Rex Burkhead obviously in the off season signed a new a new contract, a three year twenty. Uh, it's quite quite a, link, a big deal. And I, I I had a feeling that. Rex Burkhead was going to be the one that the guy that took took over because he can also be a three down back as well. And obviously getting Dion um, Lewis is now off to the Titans, and it's was, it was actually quite surprising that, that Sonny Michelle went in the first round. Uh, not not because it's Sonny Michelle, but the Patriots don't usually draft running backs in the first round. And you know, like like I say, it's always people that come in and plug in and play. You know, Gillisley last year was plugged in because Buffalo tended him at a really low rate that the Patriots matched and said, "Oh, okay, we'll play you for a couple of games," and then kind of tossed him to the curb a little bit. Um, but you know, Legault Blunt's been there a couple of times, and they, they, you know, they don't usually focus their offense and their running game through one or two people. So it'd be quite interesting to see if that changes this year. What, what, how do you feel that, that it will pan out there in the running back? 
I think given the amount of sacks and stuff Brady took last year, I think he took like 35 sacks last year. Yeah. It was something ridiculous that a guy of his age should not be taking. Yeah. But I think really they're going to look to hand it off more. And I, f- I don't know if they'll play Sony Michelle from the start, but I can guarantee he'll be starting by at least game five or six in that season. Okay. And he's going to get some snaps because he is very, very talented, but they need to actually get him on the field and get him some experience because he, he could do a lot. I just think the Patriots offense is so based around Tom Brady. Everyone expects him to pass. Everyone expects him to go play action. Yeah. But no one's expecting us to have incredible backs. Now yeah. Dion Lewis is gone, people are going to have to look at Sonny Michel as a serious threat for us because he's going to get that time and he's going to develop. Yeah. No, I certainly think, obviously, the, the draft capital invested in Sonny Michel, obviously a first-round pick, I think would say a lot. I think I think it'll start week one. And I think also I heard that he's, he's actually quite a good part, um, part blitz pl- uh, blocker, like a blocker for, for Tom Brady as well. So you could see him on the field quite a lot. Um, and like, like I say, going in the first round, I can see him probably getting the majority of, of snaps. Uh, and then Rex Burkhead obviously flitting in on the on the kind of trick plays and the the quick plays for him because that's what obviously what he's good at. And then obviously you'll have James White flitting flitting in and out in certain games. The thing that I've always I've always found with the Patriots backfield is always you know one one week one player has a good game and another week has another good player in in the backfield. And I think that's probably what you when you were mentioning there about you know there's not been one guy and everyone thinks that the, the backfield's not that great. I think it's because they they chop and change so much and they they're so good at using the people in the backfield and their skills that it kind of glosses over the fact they're actually probably a good a good running team. Yeah, exactly. Like um, it's just the fact now we've got so many guys in the backfield. There is a lot of choice, but there's no one consistently coming through as a front runner. Yeah. I mean, Rex Burkhead is a brilliant power back, and he's brilliant on the red zone because if he if he wants to get five yards, he's going to get five yards. He's a big guy. Yeah. So yeah. I think Sony Michelle add a little bit of speed to our running game. I mean, James White is a fast guy, but I think if you if Sony Michelle was played right, he's going to be the premier running back for the Patriots next year without a doubt. Yeah, no, I probably I probably agree there. Yeah, but as I say, because they've been uh, Patriots over the last even the decade or so. They've always, they've never been a, they've always been a, a kind of a committee. But then it, all the players in that committee have still been able to produce, obviously for for the team, but also fantasy as well. So yeah, be interesting to see, obviously, you know, Sonny Michelle how, how he fits in and, and how much of the market share he kind of gets in that backfield. And certainly it's, it's it's probably a bit of a downplay for for Burkhead, obviously it's on that that big deal. But yeah, no, interesting to see how that one that one plays out. So obviously that's the draft. Is there any other any other picks in the draft there that you pick that the, the Patriots have that you want to talk about at all? Is there anyone? I think I think they mainly went defense. Um, so there's not really a lot from an offensive side. I mean they took a wide receiver in the sixth round, but that doesn't usually really uh, come. come yeah, I've, I mean there's not. We didn't we didn't have like a spectacular showcase draft. We took good players and we we drafted where we need to. Yeah, but I think we. Even though we did some defensive bolstering in the off season with a couple of signings and stuff, yeah, I, f- I think I think this year is going to be developing Etling to maybe replace Brady in a couple of years because Brady's only time signed two more years on his contract extension. Yeah, so it'd be nice to see Danny Etling get some snaps, get some downs, get him on the field, even if you bring him on for a couple of like third down passes and stuff. Yeah, just to see how he plays because he is a very good pocket passer. He's he's like Brady for his tight spirals. But he scrambles a lot better than Brady. Okay. So like he 
he's comfortable in the pocket, but if he needs to get out just to get a couple yards or just find a target, he can do that as well. Okay, he's yeah. a very very talented quarterback. Yeah, just to just to, for the for the listeners, we're just gonna uh, I'm gonna run for you through the the other stuff in the free agency. So wide receiver, they've any the Jordan Matthews is probably the most notable one that the off season acquisition that they've got. Uh, Cordell Patterson was uh, from the Raiders via trade. Uh, tight end Troy Nicholas, who probably won't amount to much other than uh, a blocking tight end, and then there was you know, a couple of other little bits there. But the one, the one big uh, off-season thing for me, for the Patriots, was obviously um, the loss of Nate Solder on the offensive line, and the cornerback was it Malcolm Butler? Is he is he left now? I think he's gone to Tennessee, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I honestly think if we'd have played him in the Super Bowl, we could have won. Yeah, because I mean, the guy is one of the best corners in the game, <laughs> without a doubt, top three. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a contentious one, actually, because it's quite interesting. It's a topic I've got circled around here that I obviously want to get your thoughts on. So, you know, obviously you've got the, the end of the brady uh, Belichick gronk kind of era coming. To, it's obviously in its twilight now, and obviously Danny Amendola's left to, to go to for the Dolphins. But quite, there's been a couple of murmurs, obviously, Brady, Gronk and Belichick about retiring. Is this, do they, have they still got the heart, especially more for Gronk, although I think he just wanted a new contract, to be quite honest. But there's a couple of little things and snippets I've seen around on, on, on the web that, obviously, there was actually a couple of players that are really, really, really unhappy that Malcolm Butler didn't play uh, in the Super Bowl. Danny Amendola was quite vocal about it, and obviously they, they were quite, uh, what's the word, diplomatic about it saying obviously oh you know they would have had a better chance to win had he been on the field and obviously that, that you know that does ring true but it's just quite it's quite interesting because it's not really the Patriots way you don't really get that much coming from from the Patriots in terms of the players you know stating their discontent at, at what's been going on before and you know, you know if you want to talk about a bit more about obviously Malcolm Butler not playing in the Super Bowl obviously didn't help them to to you know if he was in there they he, they could have won the the Super Bowl and been a bit better against the pass and Carson and, and sorry and Nick Foles but so yeah it's quite a contentious contentious one that one yeah, I think really Butler, the way Foles is playing, if you look at how Butler plays especially, he, he could have picked off Foles, I think, at least a couple of times. I think he is a big reason we lost. And the fact that Bill Belichick didn't tell him he wasn't playing until about 10 minutes before the game in my eyes is just a horrible thing to do to a player. Yeah, No matter what he's done off the field, you can't punish the rest of your team then and put them in a position where you've got a backup cornerback who's got to come on who has no idea how to play against the Eagles offense you could see yeah just just the loss but like it was it was handled poorly by management we'll say that much yeah, I mean, and let's not forget as well Malcolm Butler was the guy that, that, that picked off Russell Wilson against Seattle in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago exactly he's got one of the most iconic Super Bowl moments to his name yeah and then Bill Belichick's like, oh, he's done some slightly shady things off field. I'm not going to play him. That just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, no, it didn't. At least, at least, like bench him for like a quarter or two quarters. But then, when you need your players on the field, do you know what I mean? You put you put him in the third and fourth quarter, and you win, you go and win a Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's actually a funny video floating around on YouTube right now where some guy um, basically deconstructed the Super Bowl performance using the mic ups, the plays, what was running. And he was like, yeah, Belichick threw the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of good points, but I don't think even somebody like Belichick would throw a Super Bowl. Yeah. I just think the Malcolm Butler thing, and it, it, it got into people's heads to a certain extent as yeah. well. Yeah. So I've got a quick one question for you then. So say, say for example, that was... Take take away the previous uh, New England Patriots Super Bowl wins. So say this was uh, say maybe their first. Or, they, they've never won a Super Bowl before, and now obviously Malcolm Butler does what he does. Do you reckon that you know Malcolm Butler would play, or do you reckon Bill Belichick would still sit him? 
I reckon Bill Belichick would have played him. Yeah, no, I, I certainly think I it think... certainly plays into it. Plays into it a little bit that they've, you know, he's won a lot of Super Bowls. The game doesn't, you know, it obviously means a lot to him, but it could mean a lot, a lot more if it was his, say, his first or second Super Bowl. He's got five. I mean, he's the only manager to do it. So I, I think he was in. He's a very intelligent guy, and he has a lot of confidence in what he's doing. So I kind of feel like he didn't think it would affect the team as much as it would. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just something that I was thinking about, obviously, prepping, prepping for this this podcast and having you on and just, I was just trying to think of, you know, if what what was kind of going through his mind and, yeah, it's, it's just, I know he's, he, Bilicic's one for setting examples and he's pretty much like Fergie uh, in, I don't know if he follows soccer at all, you know, he, he's quite happy to, to put people in their place and obviously no one's bigger than the club and all that kind of stuff mentality, but, you know, it's just, just trying to think of different scenarios as to, you know, how much it might have meant to Bill Belichick and sacrificing the team success over obviously his his personal you know his his the way he runs the club yeah i think he's on his way out as well i think him and brady will either go the same year or maybe a year or so apart yeah which obviously josh mcdaniels is poised to take over that's the only reason he came back to us from the colts because they said look yeah in two or three years when belichick does decide to leave we'll give you the head coaching job for josh mcdaniels you hope you hope that's the case otherwise he's uh (laughs) he's gonna be hitting the doll yeah he's he would be a brilliant head coach as well he's been under belichick longer than anyone else on our staff yeah so if he soaked up enough knowledge of the game and his football IQ is even half as high as Bill Belichick's, I think we can still have a successful franchise yeah. despite Bill and Brady and maybe even Gronk being gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So certainly, um, the next couple of years is going to be a whole change. You know, five years from now, the Patriots going to be totally different from from what you what you see now. It's, you know, it's, it's exciting but also scary, I suppose, obviously because the amount of success that the Patriots have had over the last last, last couple of years. Yeah, we aren't going to go from number one seed to number two seed. It's this going to be. We're going to be playing badly, I think. If unless Josh McDaniels is really on it, we are going to have a couple shaky seasons. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I think the thing that always always saves you, and we can move on to the twenty eighteen season now. If you like, obviously you've got AFC East is so poor with Buffalo, Miami, and the Jets. Obviously. They're barely five or six win teams, and the Patriots. I know that sometimes they they struggle against Miami away uh, in the division, but the division, the, you know, you can usually always chalk them up for five or six wins automatically, which always helps them get the number one seed every year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how Amendola plays against us. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. How how he's received yeah. in New England. I mean, he didn't do great for us last year. No. But but he's, he's always been a clutch player for you, though. A key part of that offense. Yeah, yeah. He's always been. He's always been there when other people have gone down. Obviously, Edelman went down last season, and he's always come up with some clutch plays in the playoffs. Uh, Amendola. Yeah, I mean, he always does better in the playoffs yeah. than he does in the regular season. I mean, he only had two touchdowns in the regular season last year, and he had four in the off in the um, playoffs. Yeah. So that just shows that he performs more in the playoffs than he does during the regular season. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, but, so moving on to 2018 season, how how do you envisage it going? Do you reckon it'd be much more the same? Obviously, last season, number one seed, runners up to uh, in the Super Bowl to Philadelphia. Um, you know, but the, the question, I, one question I have for you: Do, do you think that, uh, considering how bad the AFC is compared compared with the NFC, do you think that even if the Patriots regressed, uh, you know, did the did the Patriots regress a little bit last season, but were obviously still able to to take advantage of a poor division and a poor conference? 
we we struggled in a few games. That was evident when we played the Chiefs. Uh, we yeah. beat the Texans, but we we struggled against them. And I don't know whether it was just how mobile Deshaun Watson is compared to most other people we were playing, but he cut us up. Yeah, he did. Really, yeah. really bad. That guy is he's part of that new breed of, breed of quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, where. I think that's the way quarterbacks are going to be within the next five to ten years, where your quarterbacks are going to be able to run and cut like running backs. They're going to be agile and be able to shoot, but then they're also going to have cannons for arms. So I think that that was the problem with Deshaun Watson. No no defence can really deal with anyone like that at the moment. And then, obviously, our our second loss to Miami. Sorry, not our second loss. Our second game against Miami where we lost. Yeah was just a very, very strong showing by Miami. Yeah, it was a funny game, that. Yeah, it was a weird one to watch. Uh, losing to Jay Cutler, I don't think, is <laughs> anything anyone expects. But he, he's got, he had some good receivers. I mean, I don't know why they got rid of Landry. That was, in my mind, made no sense whatsoever. And Amendola's not going to be able to replace him, I don't think. No, no, well... They'll try, they'll try to, but obviously I don't think. Yeah, no. Just uh, I think I think historically the Patriots over the, last, in the recent years have always struggled away uh, in Miami. Um, there, was, there was one there was one thing I was going to pick up on, but I can't remember what it is now. But um, yeah, and I, I certainly see obviously the Patriots aren't going to be the Patriots of a couple of years ago and oper- operating to a high level. But because you know when they when they need to, they can they can pull out a, a big game because obviously they've got the coach there in Belichick. But um, certainly I think once Brady and Belichick always go, I think I do think the Patriots will struggle to. To make playoffs until you know the, the new system settled down, and you know because they'll obviously operate in a different way that Belichick does. Yeah, and that's why they need to get like Danny Etlin and that ready as soon as possible. Yeah, because I mean, two two years is a is a, two seasons is a lot of time. But yeah. if Brady only stays for one, then they, Danny Etlin needs to be getting those plays in the NFL so he can start understanding NFL defenses and things like that. Otherwise, yeah. if he gets thrown in at the deep end, starting sixteen games a season after playing two or three games over two years, it's going to be very, very tough for him to adapt. Yeah. So I think it, the earlier he gets downs and snaps, the better it is for him. Yeah, no, no, I agree there. And obviously just, uh, yeah, I remember the point I wanted to make up. Obviously the de- the defence last year, obviously it triggered me when you said about uh, Houston cutting them up. De- defence was was pretty bad to, to the start of last year. Obviously they turned it around. They gave up a lot of yards to begin the year. They gave up a lot of points. Obviously Tom Brady... And Co got them out of trouble on on offense, but um, also yeah, another off season move that's happened with the Patriots is of Matt Patricia, the defensive coordinator, is obviously now the head line, uh, Lions head coach. Um, how do how do you see his loss? Do you, re- do you reckon that they can deal with that well? Obviously, the, never, the Patriots have never been a, a great great defense, you know, like the Jacksonvilles and Houston's of of our time. But obviously, because they don't really pay anyone big money, you know, they 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 bring in people that work hard and want to and want to do well. Uh, how, how do you think that will go once once Belichick leaves? Uh, it, it's, it's hard to say because, I mean, 90% of that is down to the defensive coach. So hopefully, uh, I don't know the new defensive coach's name, but hopefully he knows what he's doing. I know we've now signed McCourty's brother as well. Yeah. So that's bolstered the defence a lot. And we've obviously got... Um, is it, is it Adrian Claiborne we signed? I think it might be Adrian Claiborne. He's another good guy who's going to bolster the defence as well. So I feel like we, where we have focused on defence quite a bit this year, we, we're going to come out of a stronger defence this this year. Yeah. But that being said, our, our offence is still one of the best in the league. 
Because yeah. we, you've got Gronkowski, obviously, who will just take balls out of midair from 50 yards out. He, he's just so big and hard to stop. And Malcolm Mitchell's going to be back next year. He was one of our top receivers before he got injured, which is why I think everyone was so concerned about Amendola because they forgot how good Malcolm Mitchell is. And if you've got him alongside Edelman, Hogan, Dorsett, and even Kenny Britt next year, yeah. Tom Brady's got a lot of targets with very, very, very good hands. Yeah, Kenny Britt was an interesting one, obviously. Yeah, I certainly think he'll be a sneaky, productive guy next season. It's strange that they picked him up, and obviously with Jordan Matthews as well. It was Adrian Claiborne was the defensive guy that you've picked up, along with Jason McCourty. Nate Ebner at safety, Danny Shelton's at tackle as well. But um, yeah, no, it's certainly, certainly interesting. They'd be quite a fascinating team to watch. And I know, obviously, Patriots fans and Patriots get a lot of hate from from other teams, obviously, because of the success. Obviously, everyone hates successful teams and people doing well. But, you know, it'd certainly be interesting to see the, the transition into probably a Josh McDaniels-led led team. Uh, and, you know, hopefully that can coincide with one of the other AFC East teams, you know, becoming competitive and, it, you know, make the division a bit more uh, competitive because obviously, you know, every every season when you go to do divisional betting, I don't know how much you, you gamble, but obviously seeing the Patriots always at 1-16, to 1-20 is never... Never nice to see. Also, you, you like to see close close divisions and make it interesting come week 17 because obviously Patriots usually do, wrapped it up by week 13 and 14 and, and playing for the number one seed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally it's, the team's so up in the air at the moment because obviously there's stories of Gronk didn't want to re-sign straight away. Brady's thinking about how much he, more he does want to play. and Yeah. Players are speaking out about how Belichick's handling situations. So I think as long as that doesn't get into people's heads, we can have a very, very good year. I just think we've got got that adjustment period now where everything needs to settle down. We need to watch morale and, and really focus on making our team stronger. Because I think, I think the biggest two losses we'd have taken this year are Cooks and Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon Cooks is obviously Cooks, a big one. Losing. Cooks is one of my favorite receivers. Yeah. So that's actually quite a good segue. Um, I've got a couple of questions here. Just obviously your, uh, your NFL in general. So that, have you got any favorite league players, either past or present, maybe not Patriots, fa- uh, Patriots players, or you, know, you can do those as well, but is there any like players that you like watching every week? And um, at the moment I'm, I'm really loving Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Uh, like, obviously, I know he got injured. He is a phenomenal player. He he's Hall of Fame. If he can keep up the production, like he did before he got injured, he is without a doubt a Hall of Fame quarterback. I I, I think that stands to reason if you just watch the guy play. Yeah. But then obviously last year we had so many breakout stars like Alvin Kamara. He's fast. He's smart. His vision is incredible. Carson Wentz before he got injured, the the guy is an absolute animal. You will see him get rushed by like three linebackers he'll he'll scramble dip out and still manage to get like a 50 yard pass off which will be taken in perfectly the the guy's an incredible talent yeah and i think now over the next few years if he can develop the way he is he's going to go the way of he's going to be a hall of fame quarterback without a doubt and i think the eagles are going to be a very very strong franchise with him on their team provided they can pay him when his next contract renewal comes around. Because I know he's on his rookie contract now, but that's going to be a very, very expensive contract renewal. Yeah. No, I certainly I certainly agree with you there. I, th- I think as much as it pains me to say, obviously being a, a Cowboys fan, you know, Eagles could be the next kind of dynasty. Uh, the way they... The way they 
they operate in, you know back in the in the back office and on the field and in the coaching is 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 stellar and it's you know it has all the the earmarks of the patriots and you know you know J- jim harvey if you're listening uh, i hate i hate the fact that you're an eagles fan uh, <laughs> um yeah no I, no i certainly have to put my hands up and say you know eagles are a, a great outfit and they could be great for the next five ten years but you know just looking at their business dealings, I don't think his contract would be too much of an issue. But yeah, no, it'd be certainly interesting to see how Carson Wentz comes back. Um, and like you say, yeah, all these these the quarterbacks that are now more mobile and, and have cannons for arms, I think will be, be will be commonplace in the next couple of years. And say Lamar, Lamar Jackson's the next in the, in line there. Well, the, the Eagles' running game as well is fantastic. I know they had the Garrett Blunt last year, but Jay Ajayi, I will give him a shout out as well because he's an English player. Yeah, but. He he's an incredible running back. I think they've given him a bit of time to adjust to the Atlanta offense with um, Philadelphia, Garrett Blunt, and everything. Oh, f- Philadelphia, my bad. <laughs> you, got, you, got Fal- you got Falcons everything. on the mind. Yeah, exactly. They just, <laughs> it's the type of bird that we normally beat. Yeah, forget the Super Bowl. <laughs> but no, Jai is a brilliant, brilliant running back. He's very fast. He's agile. He can juke. He can spin. He can cut very, very well. Yeah. So I think. It would be good for the English game, especially, like yeah. getting more relevance over here if he comes out as a star running back next year. Because then, yeah. obviously, I'd be like, oh, look, this this English guy is playing the NFL and yeah. he's doing really well. So I think if that, even if it just brings more attraction to the league rather than winning Philadelphia games, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I was, I was certainly all in on, on for fantasy purposes last year on JRJ. Obviously, he didn't do very well in Miami and he took a bit, they, they, they used him in a bit in Philadelphia. So that was obviously to my uh, dismay. But yeah, no, I, I certainly do like JJ. Obviously, they've got a bit of a, a committee there as well. Um, just obviously, just some some uh, bits you, you mentioned there about the English game. Do you watch it? Do you follow any of the English game at all? Do you want any Brit ball or? Yeah, I follow my local team, actually, the Berkshire Renegades. Okay, yeah. They're a Division 2 side. Yeah. But they're, they're an incredible side. I mean, uh, the Sunday just gone, we beat... The Apaches fifty four to zero. Yeah, like, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I saw that. Total yeah. shut out, and we're a brilliant team. So um, it's it's such a different game though because you yeah. watch it and you're like, I've seen American high schoolers play get better. Yeah, but I think that's just going to happen with how this game is over here. Nobody's yeah. realistically brought up with it. No. It's not a household no. sport. No. So I think within the next ten to twenty years, we're going to have decent teams over here where there is going to be a viable alternative to the NFL yeah no I agree no I agree I, I haven't been to any do, do you go regularly to the games uh, I'll probably go see a 3-4 a season okay. mainly when they're playing at home but yeah. I'm actually thinking of trying out for the team this next off season because nice. they literally will take anyone who's yeah, yeah. good enough at tryouts yeah yeah absolutely. so I'm, I'm just going to the gym working on my speed and everything nice just okay. to see if I can try out. Yeah, well, I say you have to keep keep in touch with us, obviously, and see see how you're getting on. Because there's another guy that I, I speak to on uh, on social media. He's 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 got aspirations. I think he's a lot younger than you are, but he's got aspirations to be in a walk on in a college and uni- uh, university in in the USA. So I'm obviously keeping an eye on him. He's trying out with the Edinburgh 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 Wolves. I think it is. Um, All right. So yeah, so quite interesting to see how that goes. But yeah, no, very interested to see how the the game develops over here. And that, you know, I saw a couple of games highlights at the weekend. So I've, I haven't been to a game yet. I, I do intend on going to one in a couple of weeks. Uh, go and watch the Edinburgh Wolves. 
because uh, they're, they're just down the road from me. So it's, it's the first year, obviously, I've gotten really into the draft and college game and obviously the first year that I really want to get into some Britball as well. So it's quite interesting. But the thing that does make me laugh, actually, is that some of the highlights I've seen, you know, they'll show, I'll say, it's a 35-yard pass and then they'll show the highlight and it's like a five-yard pass, but obviously the, the, everyone misses tackles and it goes there. You guess it shoves out yeah, down exactly. 30, 30 yards down the line. So it's, it's, quite, it's quite deceiving. It's quite, quite funny in a way that it's a 35-yard pass, but it's only a, a five-yard, five-air yards, if you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, but uh, so I'm really pumped, yeah, exactly. to, really pumped to go and see a game in, in this country just to see what it's like. And it's, it's, from what I can see, it's actually quite well followed. I know the, the body itself and the, like the websites and keeping the scores is actually quite hard to to get you know the good good resource for that but um yeah no certainly certainly I think going the best up. way to do that is social media yeah at the absolutely. moment i think yeah. that's where they're reaching people they're noticing there's a lot of nfl uk groups or yeah. uk groups for american football in particular i mean I've, i'm even in a couple of cfl groups okay from the uk yeah so i think bringing over the next few years if it starts building there's more games played in the uk and Hopefully they bring back the NFL EU because that was fantastic. Even though it was a feeder league for the main NFL, yeah. it brought professional level football to these European countries where yeah. normally the teams are quite small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what? So how do you how do you see? Obviously, I don't know if you see the news about Sadiq um, Sadiq Khan, not him, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars owner uh, buying putting a bid in to buy Wembley. I mean, it would be good for the NFL over here undoubtedly but I think he's he's thinking more about putting Fulham in there which is ridiculous because they'd only sell about 10 tickets a game as it is now okay. so then playing in a half empty Wembley every week would just be ridiculous but if he buys that and he manages to maybe even get a Super Bowl in this country I think a Super Bowl in this country would bring it would do massively for for the NFL over here because it's such a big event. It would just offer that. It would get TV coverage because I know the BBC cover the Super Bowl every year. Yeah. So if it's in London, they can promote it a lot more. People are going to see it and be like, "I've heard of the Super Bowl. I yeah. might go watch it. See what American football's about." Or yeah. it's going to it'll be on for in a for a sensible time. Yeah. For a start, I don't think they're going to make the players free in the morning for America. Yeah. So. I hope that brings a lot more attention to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And NFL in general. Yeah. We'll see. It'll be good if it makes it as a more mainstream sport because I don't think players, uh, people over here who are used to watching like the Premier League and even, even rugby. NFL has a very, very strong social media presence. Yeah. They put a new video up on their YouTube every day. There's lots of fan interaction. You've got things like the Game Pass with loads of shows on there and everything like that. And it, I think it would be good for fans like that because if they want to immerse themselves into it, if they only have the resources that Premier League and things have with like half an hour highlights on in the evening, instead of people breaking down plays, yeah. there's morning shows, there's evening shows, there's highlight shows. All that will help fans pick up the game so much quicker. And they say, I like this team. I like that team. I know him. He's a good player, and it'll it'll really help the game blossom over here, which which I'm hoping for. Yeah. Okay. So so you'd like to see a Wembley, Wembley, a London, fan, uh, an English franchise? Yeah. If we could bring back the Monarchs, that would be fantastic. <laughs> um, it, it would have to be managed a lot better than it was the last time because they were hemorrhaging like thirty million dollars a year the last time they had the NFL EU set up. Yeah. So I feel like if it's managed properly and yeah. people can 
play well. I think realistically, if we can do that, it will be massive over here because the sport's growing as it is in America. So yeah. I think bringing it to Europe, not just England, but Europe as a whole can yeah. make the game absolutely massive. And then yeah. hopefully in the future, I'm talking like 50 years from now, but 50 years from now, you might have a whole European league where you've got two yeah. or three teams from the UK and then you've got French, German, Spanish, Italian teams. They're all yeah. playing together and then the, the Super Bowl because it's world champions will be maybe between European and American teams. Yeah, and let's, let's, let's not forget the XFL as well, the high and mighty XFL. That's going to be interesting how they do that because <laughs> I remember when they first launched back in 2000, yeah. I was still a bit of a wrestling fan back then. So yeah. I sort of checked it out and everything about it screamed like this is football for men having a midlife crisis. Yeah, right. You have teams like the Hit Hitman, the yeah. Maniacs and all that and they didn't do a coin toss. Two players chased the ball down and they had strippers in end zones and things like that. It was just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But you see now Vince McMahon said, look, we don't want controversial players. People are not having their jersey names customised yeah. and, and things like that. So I think if they, if Vince McMahon manages that well, that can be a very, very good alternative for the NFL. And I think a lot of people are looking for that because I don't really like arena football. Nah. It's just it's not my sort of thing. Nah. And the CFL is the only viable alternative yeah. to American football. Yeah. It's, set, it's set from college ball, but in my eyes, that's a totally different game. Yeah, no, it is. But yeah, yeah there's, so there's not really many alternatives. It's kind of like how the UFC have a monopoly on the MMA world. There is the Bellators and things like that, but they don't get as much press coverage. So it'd be nice to see the XFL break out and there be a competitive league but yeah. between the NFL, maybe even talent deciding to go, oh, I'm going to go for a, a XFL draft rather than an NFL draft. So it will yeah. really keep the two things competitive. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, how yeah obviously how well it does. Obviously, in the NFL, I've never had any any obviously any competition. They did previously with obviously the XFL, but that wasn't really a, a direct comparison. So the NFL was always going to win there. But yeah, just to go back to your your, your point on on Wembley and London fran- franchise. Be interesting to see if they. I don't think they'll be ever be able to get the Super Bowl over here in the next fifteen to twenty years, if ever. But uh, I, I know I know that obviously the NFL want the the Europe the European money and obviously the money from here, and you know it's it's getting bigger and bigger every year uh, over here. So it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me to see that we get we get a franchise, and it'd be interesting to see if that does happen. What you know if anyone makes way or if they have to restructure the whole the whole league and the, the divisions that kind of stuff. So obviously there's a lot there's a lot there's a hell of a lot to work out there. Um, but yeah, certainly I wouldn't mind a, a European equivalent. Obviously if it gets big enough over here, uh, and like I say, if we if we get a, a a a Super Bowl over here, it can only help the the publicity of of the game and help people get more involved and especially at grassroots as well because you know, like we what we do like over here similar to the college game over there we do like to go and support our local teams and our local colleges or universities and that kind of stuff as well so yeah no, it's certainly exciting times yeah it's it it's it's like it is uh i mean it's just developing and getting even British faces to play in the game. I mean, yeah. the UFC really took off in this country with people like Michael Bisbeing and yeah. and uh, Dan Hardy being marquee fighters at the time. So I think it's just getting... Once you've got that interest and a few people over here say, I'm really interested in football, I'm, I'm going to play my ass off, I'm going to go to college in America and I'm, I'm going to make it into the league. Yeah. Whether we start off with British guys going 
you know, as free agents or just moving up from practice teams. Because I know there's a lot of tight uh, British tight ends yeah. in practice teams who just come out of rugby. Yeah. I know the Falcons have um, two British players on their practice team. I okay. think one guy on their regular squad's British, and then yeah. obviously people like Ajayi. Yeah. So I think once big British faces, people start noticing because they'll obviously be famous in America. They've got more coverage in Britain. I think the more eyes that are drawn to the game, the better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Okay, so uh, we're, obviously we're, we're approaching a you know, good old chat there. So I'm just going to finish. going to finish you off on this. So if the uh, NFL disbanded tomorrow and finished tomorrow, and there was no no such thing as American football, what would you do on a Sunday? Uh, it would be like my regular Sunday, but without the NFL, <laughs> I'd be sat in bed nursing a hangover <laughs> and um, trying not to die from dehydration still <laughs> I, i'd be so bored without the like i'm lost in the off season i'd have to watch college ball 24 7 yeah do you watch uh, any of the all or nothing series i've not seen that no. the only real football series i've seen uh recently is last chance you okay yeah 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 that's quite there's quite there's quite a lot out there and i say like yeah yeah it's, it's the, op, the the low of the off season now so it's trying to find your I mean, I've been doing mock drafts for fantasy. I've been doing watching all or nothing. I've been playing Madden. So, you know, thankfully, there's actually there's actually a lot to get on with now. I mean, in in terms of that, the best football, not just NFL, but the best football content in my eyes at the moment is either Casting the Oracle on YouTube or okay. Flemlo Raps. All right. They both do very analytical videos. I mean, Flemlo is more like what happened to this college star or what happened to this NFL star. Yeah. But KTO does some cool roundups of like, oh, here's how I think it, he does like NFL style videos. Like how would it be if this guy went here and that guy went there? But that's helped me in my knowledge of football. They break things down and they explain things. So even as a guy who's relatively new to football, realistically talking with the amount you've got to learn, it's I can still understand and pick up bits of the game. Yeah. Well, I'd appreciate if you, obviously I'm in the same boat as you. I've only been following for six, seven, eight years now. So if you could, if you could tweet me those, I'll I'll retweet those out as well. And I'll I'll certainly pick up, have to take a look at that as well. Cause that'd be, that'd be quite good. Yeah, exactly. So I, I can send them over, and I think you, obviously, being a football fan, you'd find them very, very interesting. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, Kieran, thanks so much for joining us. Um, as I say, we, this will this probably goes out. What day is it today? Tuesday. It's going to go out Wednesday, Thursday. Really appreciate you having having you on, buddy. And it's been great to talk to you. No, thank you very much. Hopefully, uh, I can be on again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No. So keep keep in touch with uh, all your endeavours in you know getting getting in the gym and getting in, onto a practice team and. Uh, See how see how you get on. See how hopefully hopefully you can get on to your your Berkshire Renegades. Ah, fingers crossed, mate. Thank you very much. Cool. Thanks for joining us, mate. Take care. No worries. Take care. So that was Kieran there running the ball over the New England Patriots for next season. And thank you so much for doing that. If you if you, again if you want to be on the podcast, you want to come in about and talk about your team. Hit us up on Twitter at full ten yards, uh, Instagram. Uh, the email is full ten yards at gmail.com. And say if you're not following following us, why not? Because if you follow us now, we're in our race to five hundred followers, where we'll be. I'm proud to announce that we will be giving away an Odell Beckham jersey. And uh, just a disclaimer on that: it is a, a kids kids size jersey, so we will offer an adult alternative. But it's perfect if you want to get your child, if you have a child, into the NFL, getting one of the most famous players in the sport at the moment, Odell Beckham. He'll be obviously in the league for 
for a long time to come yet until your kids grow into their late teens. So, yeah, follow us on, on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook at Full 10 Yards. And as like I say, if you want to come into the show, get in touch. Tell us what team you, you support and, you know, similar to Kieran there, you know, how long you've been an NFL fan for. Just a bit of background so I understand, you know, what what you know about your team and so we can we can do the interview there to, to tailor it to your skills and your strengths. So that will, uh, just before we go, just like to say a couple of things. Don't really talk about myself too much. Don't really uh, tell you what I do, what I listen to. All that kind of stuff. So I thought just at the end here, talk about a couple of podcasts that I listen to. I listen to the Pick Six podcast. Very funny. A uh, couple of American dudes. It's now hosted by uh, Will Brinson. He they work for CBS, and he gets a. It's a very informative part of uh, the podcasting that they're doing at the moment, where they're getting they're breaking down teams, similar to what we do here. But obviously, they have access to all the NFL experts and all the radio guys out in the states. So. And they, they are very funny, so I very much recommend. That's probably the, my favourite podcast I'm listening to at the moment. A couple, couple of others, just for more uh, for a more geeky or nerdy statistical outlook on, on NFL and, and fantasy football, fantasy pros. But just like the simulator that I said earlier that I use for the mock drafts, they have a podcast, fantasy pros podcast with um, Bobby Sylvester and Mike Tagliere. Very much recommend that. They they are very opinionated, and you know they're not afraid to sit by their guns on their opinions with you know when it comes to rookies or players in in offenses. So like that one, and then finally, um, and fantasy footballers, they're one of the best rated podcasts about. They're very fun. They are. They do like their drops. They 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 like their players, but they they're very fantasy orientated. So if you're looking for something that's very fantasy orientated, I very much recommend that you pick those guys up. Uh, at fantasy, the FF Ballers is the Twitter handle for those guys. And so they're they're the three main ones that I listen to. Obviously, you have the generic uh, NFL Fantasy Live with James Cohn and the gang there. I listen to those every now and again. They're quite long at the moment, but they're very good at breaking down at a very high level. Uh, Matt Harmon there with his reception perception, which I'll be purchasing, uh, from, fun, funny enough, from the fantasy footballers this season. Um, you know, if, if there's any fantasy podcasts or any NFL podcasts you think I should listen to or you recommend, please get in touch. Uh, let, I'd love to find, it's always good to find a new source of information or a new source of entertainment for those commutes or those runs and bits of exercise that we do. So <clears throat> those are the three or four that I, that I listen to. Like I said at the start of the show, the Lee Wakefield has kind of done a blog post for us on the wide receiver class uh, in the NFL draft and compared those with previous years and as to and why you know the, the last couple of years have not been so fruitful as, as previous. So I very much uh, recommend you check that out. I'll be posting a blog at the weekend. Not quite sure. I'll, I'll probably look at the winners and the losers uh, from the NFL draft uh, and you know what that means to the certain teams. So you know looking at Michael Gallup. Going into the Dallas Cowboys and you know DJ Moore to the Carolina Panthers and obviously Saquon Barkley going to the Giants. I'll be looking at a couple of those, so keep your eyes out for that. But that will do it for today's show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you can join us next time. We'll try and do this weekly. And again, next time we'll do another Mighty in My Thoughts segment. I hope you enjoyed that part. Please give us some feedback. Uh, but in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.